we are living in some um, questionable times. And uh, the message that I'm going to preach, the Lord give me for this morning, is um, it's not... It's not meant to be gloom and doom because what I'm saying is going to be talking about reality, what the Word of God has predicted, and what the Bible says is going to happen is going to happen. What I can tell you, that while we don't have to worry about nothing, if we, if, if we love the Lord and we're living for God, it's all going to work out. Hallelujah. You don't have you don't have to panic like everybody else in the world's panicking. Amen. And uh, but what we have seen so far is just the beginning of troubles, just the beginning of sorrows. We're going to be reading a text found in Revelation chapter eighteen, verse fourteen. Revelation 18, verse 14. And my uh, my text that I'm going to be using, a couple words are different than the ones that's up on the screen there. It's got the word dainty and goodly. The uh, words I'll be using is luxurious and splendid. Revelation 18, chapter 14. And the fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you, and all things which were luxurious and splendid are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. Now, I want you to look close at that verse again, because that is a very sobering passage of Scripture. The fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you, and all things which were luxurious and splendid are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you, we thank you, and we praise you for this service today. Thank you, God, for your grace, Lord, and your mercy. Hallelujah. I'm asking, God, that you will anoint us right now, give us the words to say. For this service today, speak to our hearts and to our minds. And God, I pray, God, anybody in the house today who's not ready for this time, which we're going to be talking about, I ask that you will cause them, God, to make a move, God, and listen to you today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. And the fruits that your soul lusted after are departed from you. And all things which were luxurious and splendid are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. I want to I want to talk to you the next few minutes on the subject title when God takes it all away. When God takes it all away. The events that has transpired during the last week or so has caused a stir 
which has literally circled the globe. Now, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about the, uh, the gas situation that we're having here in Middle Tennessee. So what I'm talking about. Panic and anxiety is gripping the heart of people everywhere. From Wall Street to Main Street, USA. The government of this nation has stepped in to do things which are unprecedented and also constitutionally illegal. Both sides of the aisle in Congress support this because of the fear of a total financial collapse. The fear of a total financial collapse in our nation has caused our government to step in and do something that's constitutionally illegal. It's not constitutionally illegal for the government to step in and take over a private enterprise. If you know your constitution, you know that to be the fact. But if you think about a year ago, somewhere about a year ago, this pastor stood right here behind this pulpit and told you that the economy of this nation was going to get worse. It was not going to get no better. It was going to gradually get worse. But even I didn't think it would happen as fast and severe that it's coming. America is on a fast path to socialism with all privately owned institutions owned and controlled by the government. The American dream is quickly turning into the American nightmare. Now, the Bible has predicted the day would come when all those who literally sat in the seat of luxury would weep and wail as they could do nothing but stand back and watch it all go away. This is happening to America because, as I've heard Travis back there for one say, that we're spoiled. We're spoiled. The greatest hindrance to revival in America is not the sins of the church. It's the overabundance which this nation has, which has made us lust for more and more while seeking God less and less. But what will we do? How will we react? when God takes it all away. I've seen, I've sat in my home and watched people this past week get into fist fights, amen, and want to want to hurt somebody over a little gasoline. Why do you think it's going to happen when the whole financial system goes topsy-turvy? And that is what's going to happen. I've been a prophetic preacher ever since I was 15 years old. God began to begin to speak and show me things years ago, even as a child, that wasn't happening then.
then, but are being happening now. Amen. This thing is fixing going over to a one world order, and it's going to be a church that's godless, a government that's godless. Amen. And a people, amen, that are bound for destruction in hell to the point of the fact that everybody who buys or sells will not do it unless they receive the mark. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said in Revelation 18, the fruit that your soul lusted after are departed from you. And all things which were luxurious and splendid are departed from you. And you shall find them no more at all. Hallelujah. I will have to to say one thing a little bit different. What Brother Dallas mentioned a while ago when he said that this is not the end time yet. This is the end time. We're at the end time. These things are happening for a purpose. They're happening for a reason. This thing is fixing to wind up. Everything in this planet is going to go topsy-turvy. The Word of God has been saying, but predicting this for years. But we've been going down our own path, doing our own thing. Amen. That we have, amen, not seen the hidden warning signs. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. How many times... When you were traveling down the highway, headed somewhere, that you bypassed something because you missed the road sign. I don't care what it was. It could have been an exit, a motel you was looking for, a gas station, or, or whatever. I've done that a many times to where I'd have to turn around and go back. It wasn't that the signs wasn't there, but I didn't see them. I was concentrating on something else, evidently. I wasn't focused on what I should have been focused on. And there's been all kinds of road signs going back for years where God has set up along the road to let people know what's coming, what's ahead. But we've been speeding past the road signs. We've been going on past the road signs. We're living in the most blessed nation on planet Earth. I'm not a prophet of doom, and I'm not a pessimist, but I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you from a burdened heart. I'm telling you from a heart that spent hours of the night praying and fasting and seeking God, and God dealing with my soul for a long time. What I preached and what I've seen, it's right around the corner. And America... 
all the fruits that we have been lusting after. Stop and think about it. What has been some of the fruits that you have lusted after? Maybe right from the time right before, maybe you graduated that you begin to think, man, I, I, I remember what it was, man. I, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm getting a little older, but I, I can remember. Oh, man, when I get up there and I'm able to do this and that, I'm, I'm going to take over this, you know. I'm going to, I'm going by, by this age, I'm going to do this. By that age, I'm going to do that, you know. That is. There are things that our soul lusts after that we desire. But God says the day is going to come that they're going to be taken away. They're going to be taken from us. And you shall find them no more at all. It's not coming back. The best thing about the stock market crash in 29, if there was a best thing about it, is it did, it did eventually come back. Now, I wouldn't, that's before my time, I wasn't around. But my father was 28 years old when it happened. And I was raised on hearing the stories about what happened. You see, America is pinned on too many things other than God. Hallelujah. We even think, well, I'm all right. I got, I got, I got some money in the bank, but you know, it, it's federally insured. I'm going to tell you something. You let them all turn over, and you're going to find out how much of that insurance is going to take you. How to, I was listening to them just the other day, and they said that the funds that that federal thing is insured on, amen, is not up to the maximum point to where it's supposed to be. And that if it all was to crash, there would be not enough, amen, to give people even what they got in the bank. That's what one commentator said on Fox News the other day. The day is coming when everything that our soul has lusted after is going to be taken away. The luxurious of America, all the excesses that we have, there's going to be a tremendous transference of wealth. And the Bible says you're not going to find it no more. I want to talk a little bit about the coming trouble in this world. The coming time of trouble. This is found in the book of Daniel, Daniel, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read those first four verses of Daniel. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Now listen to this. There's bad in here, yes, but there's also good. This message is not intended to get you down. Because if you got things right with God, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You hear me? Hallelujah. Because during this time of trouble, 
God's people is going to be delivered. Everyone that should be found written in the book. Is your name in the book today? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you don't have to worry about gas, about finances, about job layouts, about nothing if your name is written in the book. But if it ain't the book, you oh, you better go run and hide right now because you ain't going to have time to hide when this thing hits. Because ain't nobody, listen to me now, ain't nobody going to survive it outside the church. Nobody outside the church is going to survive it. Nobody outside the will of God is going to survive it. It's going under. It's going down for the third and final time, and it ain't going to ever come up again. What kind of message are you preaching this morning, Brother Sammy? I'm giving you a word today from God to let us know who are in the church that we should have done started yesterday getting our priorities straightened up, not today. Hallelujah. That we should have yesterday quit focusing on our 401K. That we should have yesterday forgot a world, forgot thinking about our, uh, our Social Security benefits or our CDs or what else that we got. We should have did that yesterday. Yesterday we should have forgot about our job or our career or all this other stuff. Hallelujah. Because we don't have the time in the future that we've had in the past. During this time, see, this right here is, is the beginning of the end of it all. Because he says, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Everybody's going to resurrect from grave. But everybody's not going to resurrect with a shout in their voice like Brother Baggett. Hello. Some are going to be resurrecting with a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. And listen, to this. let's finish reading this. They that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel wrote this vision and prophecy back before Jesus was born. God said, you shut it up because you ain't going to begin to see this happen till the time of the end. And he gave another sign, another sign, another road sign. Many shall run to and fro. Hallelujah. Has people ever been... So transit and so moving like they are today. Knowledge shall be increased. In the last 50 years, there have been more inventions 
and increased of knowledge than there has been in the previous 5,000. You know the little little story thing that they tell about Columbus? In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, you know? 1492. 1492. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean and discovered the Americas in literally the same type of ship that the Apostle Paul sailed on the Mediterranean 2,000 years ago. No improvements. No knowledge advancement. Columbus still had to use the... uh, the hand tools, the sextons, and the things to, to, you know, if there was a cloudy sky, they was in trouble because that was the only way that they could navigate was by the stars. But look at it now. Look what we got now. I mean, I was born in 1954, and I think back over and I see the things that we got now, and, man, how, how things have just escalated in my lifetime. There are road signs. There are road signs letting us know. They said people will run to and fro, and knowledge will be, will, will be increased. And then the Apostle Paul said in another place, he said they would be ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They'll learn how to open up a man's chest, pull out his heart, and operate it on it, and keep him alive and put it back in his the chest cavity and go on about his business. But they'll never be able to figure out Acts 2.38. They'll be able to put somebody in a rocket ship, and a man by the name of Neil Armstrong will step down, amen, and say, amen, one, amen, step for mankind, oh man, and one giant leap for mankind. Hallelujah. They could do that, but they cannot understand John chapter 3 where it says, ye must be born again. My Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Human nature has such a stubborn streak in it that even when a man is saved, even after a man has come to know the Lord, our human nature has such a stubborn streak in it that even after the man becomes saved, he still has issues in his life which hinders God from being the main cause of his life. Before you got saved, all those years that you lived, God was running after you, trying to get you to come to repentance. And all those years since you had did repent, Amen. You stopped and you says, "Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll repent." Hallelujah. He spends. He's, he's never had. To, he's never been able to quit running because he still has to run after us, getting us to go to the direction that he wants us to go because we still want to go our way. Hallelujah. God's mercy sends us prophets to warn us and to declare His word. And even though that we all know deep down inside 
that the man of God is right, that what he's saying is true, still we can't seem to shake off the excess that this world hangs on us. We are blessed by God with good jobs. Listen to Pastor close now, please. There's not nothing that I wouldn't do for anybody in this house. I've put my own life on hold many times. I've put my family on hold. Because of the call that God put on my life. Because when I look out, I see people that I know God wants to do something with them. God has blessed us in America with good jobs, good homes, and the opportunity to enjoy our lives in the richest and fullest way. People in these third world countries, they don't know nothing about living life in, 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 in a rich way, in a full way. Hallelujah. We, and we talk, I got the nerve to talk about being persecuted. There ain't nobody in America ever been persecuted. Hallelujah. The only thing ever happens to you is you get inconvenienced a little bit from time to time. About that. You get inconvenienced because somebody else gets your vacation time. You you just had to have that week, and you get so upset because somebody else got that week you wanted to be off. Amen. And, and you quit worrying about being a light to that person trying to lead them to the Lord because you upset they stole your vacation time. But you go somewhere like Bangladesh, Haiti. Anywhere in India, anywhere in Africa, and you say vacation, they say, what's that? What's that? They don't even have the concept. When I went to Haiti and I was talking to somebody, and, uh, and it was, of course, through an through, through uh, interpreter, and it was, it was getting kind of late at night, and... and uh, and and I was wondering about well what what breakfast was going to be like the next morning, and I was trying to get to, through an interpreter to get to, and they couldn't get it across. Finally, brother Penrod, he came to me, laid his hand on me, he said, brother Sammy, he said these Haitian people, they don't have no concept of what breakfast is. They don't have a concept of what breakfast is. We can't imagine that. You know, if we can't fix it up in our microwave, we'll take off down to IHOP. But the majority, the majority of people in the world do not have a con, slightest concept of the most of these things that, 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 that becomes so ordinary with us. Because we've been blessed with good jobs. We've been... We've been blessed, amen, with good homes. We've been blessed with the opportunity to enjoy our life. 
Yet the things, and listen to me close, and I'm hurrying through. I'm not going to hold you very much longer. The things that we own has turned around to where they own us. I don't own that house no more. That house owns me. I don't own that car, that boat. I don't own that TV, VCR, and all. It owns me because I've got to turn around here and work all kind of jobs, amen, to try to make the payments on all this stuff that I have been purchasing and buying. There's so much to the point that I can't take the least time off for revival or to talk to somebody about God or do something else because I don't own nothing. It owns me. Hallelujah. That's the life in America, folks. That's the life in America. We become controlled by the pursuit of possession rather than the pursuit of Him who allows us to have it in the first place. Here we are going half mad and going off half cocked about possession Instead, as we being children, I'm not talking to the world. I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking to church folks right now. What are we pursuing? What are we running after? We're supposed to be pursuing Jesus. We're supposed to be pursuing a deeper walk in the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to be pursuing getting so much power of God in their life that when people come to the house of God and sick, that we can actually hands on them. They actually do recover. Lord, we're supposed to be pursuing God to the point that when people want the Holy Ghost, they don't have to get up here, amen, and pray and pray and pray half the night that you don't pursue God to the point that you just lay your hands on the same be sealed and they start speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. When this pattern... When this pattern in our lives can't be corrected by the preaching of the Word or by the pleading of the Holy Ghost, then trouble will have to come in our lives in order to weed out the things in which we fail to weed out on our own. You see, yes, you're a child of God. Yes, you're Holy Ghost filled. And I hadn't tried to judge nobody and tell you you're not. But I will tell you this, because you are a child of God, because you are filled with His Spirit, God's mercy and long-suffering, He'll say, all right, I'm going to give them some time now. They, they're, they're, they're getting off here. They're getting off there. Then They're coming behind over here. But let me... Let me lead them to a little bit more preaching. Let's have some more good services for the power, my power falling, where it will cause them to hunger more for me. Let me just have a let them have a Holy Ghost downpour, where just about everybody in the house is shouting and rejoicing, and make them so happy. When I do that, when they when they walk out, they're going to say, "Man, tomorrow's going to be different. I'm going to pursue my God more." God says, "You know what? Too many times." I poured out my spirit on the service. People are shouting, 
running the aisles, falling out, doing every kind of thing. But when we walk out the door, we walk out back to the same old, same old that we do every day, week in and week out. So because of that, God allows this time of trouble to come. Because God loves me enough. And I'm not trying I'm not I'm not trying to, to toot my horn or nothing like that. But God lo- loves me enough, Paul, that if I'm not willing to pull those weeds out of my life, he says, Okay, I'm gonna send some pestilence around. I'm gonna send something to take care of the weeds. Yeah. And that's what this time of trouble is about. That's what this collapse of financial things is all about. That's what it's all, and the wor- the closer we get to the, the end up of it all, the worse it's going to be. And this coming thing, like I said, it's not going to never recover. I, you read the scripture at first. It ain't going to come back. Once God causes this time of trouble to take away those fruits that you and I have lusted after, it ain't going to, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to come back. It's not going to never come back because we are at that time, and that wind up. Now listen, he promised that God's people shall be delivered. We read that scripture. He said there would be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that, at that time, thy people shall be delivered. He promised that. But he didn't say that they wouldn't be affected. He didn't say that they wouldn't be affected. If anyone thinks God will allow us to keep the stuff that has got us in this mess in the first place, you've got another thought coming. Hallelujah. The Bible says those who have brought forth <laughs> some good fruit... In their lives, they're going to be purged in order to bring forth more fruit. Remember what he said over there about that? He said every good tree that brings forth good tree, he's going to purge it that it brings forth more. Now, every one of us, we brought forth some fruit in the past. But they ain't none of us, including myself, none of us brought enough as much fruit as what God wants us to bring. And so during this time, he's going to look us over. And he's going to start cutting off things he, he thinks shouldn't be there. He's going to start doing some pruning. There's going to be some cutbacks. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, we haven't been able uh, to live uh, live for God and, and, and drive, drive a nice car. Uh, uh, God says, okay, I'll let you run out of gas and let you walk. Maybe, maybe you can live for me then. Or... Or maybe it's been so long since you had to drive a rattle trap, and you talking about air conditioning, no heating, no. He said, maybe I'll I'll bring you back to that point where you got to do it again. Hey, and I've been there. I I, I can I can remember getting off work at midnight in the middle of winter. About 21, 22 degrees. 
had no heater on that thing because the heater heater core had gone to leaking, and I had to I had to cut off the uh, the heater hoses to it for no by, bypass the heater so all that stuff wouldn't come down in there. And here I am trying to drive home between twelve thirty and one o'clock in the morning with my head stuck out the window so I could see because too much ice and frost and all that stuff on the windshield. Had a fantastic prayer life in those days. You hear what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. God knows how to get our attention. He knows how. And I think he's trying to. Hey, Brother Travis, he tried to get our attention on 9-11. And you know what? For a week or two, Churches in every denomination reported having more people than they had in years. What's happened now? We forget mighty easy, don't we? We forget mighty easy. Brother Darrell, get get a course ready. I'm fixing to close. God is going to use... God is going to use the calamities of this end time... To bring about the greatest saving of souls that the world has ever known. I want to go back there to Daniel and read what he said there. He says, They that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. Notice what he said there. He said, they that turn many to righteousness. What's he talking about? There's going to be the greatest revival that this planet has ever seen. There are going to be more people saved, more people delivered, and the people of God is going to shine like stars. Hallelujah. How is that going to happen? Because God has let enough trouble even to come our way to make us shake off all these things that's been hindering us to the point that we're ready to pray. We're ready to fast. I don't have to beg nobody to sign up for a fast day. I don't have to plead for somebody to do You're going to be ready to do it. You're going to come in this house lifting your hands and shouting and praising God. Glory to God. When there's a revival around, hallelujah, you're going to tell your boss man for me if you want to. I'm going to the church house. Hallelujah. Because God has done showed me something that I wasn't willing to learn on my own. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's going to be a revival. People are going to be delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Today, if there's anybody here who needs to have a talk with the Lord, if there's anybody here, the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart in any kind of way in this message. Hallelujah. Won't you have a little talk with the Lord? 
and, and asked Him to forgive you for letting, letting things on you and make a commitment with God. Say, God, I'm not going to wait till you have to take everything that you stripped me from everything. I'm going to tell you what, He loves you enough to strip you of virtually everything you've got. I know there's someone, well, bless God, I'm a Holy Ghost man. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I ain't going to never have to worry about this. Or I, I'm going to tell you something. God, I'll let you walk naked down the street if He has to to get you ready to go. Hallelujah. Amen. God, God allow you to go through a whole lot of stuff that you would never dream you would go through just to make you what you need to be in Him. Somebody better wake up and smell the coffee before the time is over. Hallelujah. Everybody stand together. Brother Darrell, sing us a chorus. Let's all seek the Lord right now. Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Oh, soon and very soon We are going to see